A gruesome story leads off our newscast. Milwaukee police found body parts in a Northside apartment and now they wonder if they've uncovered some kind of death factory. This was the scene earlier this morning. Police hired a private contractor to haul a refrigerator and a tank of acid out of the apartment in the 900 block of North 25th Street. Because of the acid, some neighbors were evacuated briefly. Police found parts of bodies, leading them to believe the man they arrested is a mass murderer. From our investigation, we feel that this individual strongly is involved in other homicides. Uh, we have taken evidence out of the building by the medical examiner to be examined. What brought the police here in the first place? The officers were stopped by an individual who claimed he was in the apartment and became engaged in a dispute with the owner of the apartment and uh, left the apartment and called the officers. A 31-year-old man was arrested at that apartment. The Milwaukee County Medical Examiner will release more details on this case this morning at 10 o'clock. But a police lieutenant tells us he suspects this case could get national attention and could be the most gruesome case we have seen in Milwaukee in years. presented by the good people at the Podbelly Network. My fellow Americans, we are fortunate to be alive. They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history. Protect us from the Central University. A study on the wide field. everybody welcome to episode 282 of the art and jacob do american podcast i'm your host in the place to be mr jacob p and sitting right across from me in that blood red jersey is the brown recluse mr art trail art say hello to the millions the millions shout out to the blackhawks this this one smells like febreze dude i don't yeah. know i don't know what it is i haven't worn this one in a while i don't know why it smells like febreze so much <laughs> your girlfriend was like this shit stinks i'm gonna yeah. put this shit with some febreze it's funny because like I don't really wash my jerseys like I do, but it's like a it's like a ritual when I'm gonna wash them because I'm very delicate with this. And this one was. Would you put on pure moods or whatever? Like. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of like yeah, it's it's a it's a ritual in itself. But anyways, guys, go to cavemancoffee. Wait, did I jump the gun? I feel like I missed a step there. Well, you're about to tell us about how you wash your jersey, and you're like, fuck it, I'm just gonna talk about our. Well, if I, that's a whole different episode. Listen to the Patreon and find out how I wash my jerseys. <laughs> uh, guys, go to CapeManCoffee.com. Check out their entire inventory. They got the coffee beans. They got the cacao butter. They got the hibiscus tea. They got sweatpants. It's almost sweatpants season. You know, I, I'm already busting out some of the sweatpants. You know what? Hey, shout out to whoever invented baggy sweatpants, dude. Those are cozy. 
Mm-hmm. Go in it like just chilling there, like watching like a scary movie and like in your moccasins and some like kind of like loose fitting sweatpants. It's like, dude, it's like fucking slipping into a warm bath, dude. I, I Drinking love it. some caveman coffee with some Drinking cacao some, butter. Drink, yeah, dude, just chilling there. Like, man, I, I this last Thursday, my game plan was to chill there, drink some coffee, have like a fucking waffle, watch that movie. Um, uh, Overlord. Have you ever seen Overlord? Well, you should watch it. But anyways, guys, go to cavemancoffee.com. Check out their entire inventory. They got everything you're going to want. If you like coffee, if you need some, pick me up in the morning. They have the nitro cold brew if you don't like warm stuff. Use promo code AMERICA to receive 15% off your total purchase price. Tell them Martin Jacob sent you. Tag yourself drinking the coffee, drinking the hibiscus tea, drinking the nitro cold brew. Tag us, tag them. Yes. That's it. And speaking of sponsors, guys, if you like warm comfy clothing to wrap around your rotund or svelte little body guys i need you to head on over to superapparel.com where the great and powerful nicole smith bosch has put together a lustrous an illustrious line of merchandise for your consumption pleasure so head on over there buy all the things that look appeasing to your eye uh, but before you check out guys make sure you enter promo code art and jacob and nicole will give you 10 percent off your entire purchase but guys we're not here to talk about comfy pants or sipping on caveman coffee and the sipping nice, on gin and juice yeah we're not talking about that unfortunately um laid but we are laid back because it is officially the month of october you know what that means art spooky season it is spooky season so uh if you've been a long time listener the last five years we have been consistent in this Every time the month of October rolls around, we make sure we give you some creepy topics. Yes, I know two weeks ago you heard about serial killer, serial killer Jamie Asuna, and then two weeks before that we were talking about the haunted Dibby Box. What can we say, guys? We, we're some, we some dark individuals. Dude, we're gothic, dude. Yeah, I'm a light skin, but I'm still a dark, as Drake once said. Uh, don't counsel me for that. But anyways, guys, uh, for to kick the month of October off, we're talking about one of the scariest individuals to ever walk God's green earth. All right, what are we here to talk about today? Ladies and gentlemen, we're here to talk about Jeffrey Lionel Dahmer. Did Lionel really his middle name? Yeah. Oh, damn. Lionel, the lion. Oh, shit. <laughs> it really is his middle name. Um, did not see that coming. No, me either. Um, I actually didn't realize... For some reason, I always thought he was going to be a lot taller. I think he's like six, six foot, like one and a half or something, according to his mugshot. Taller than I am. Yeah, sure. but it's just like, yeah. for some reason, every time I see him, I'm like, dude, that dude's going to be like six foot seven or something. <laughs> but he's not that, not <laughs> he's super tall. He's Porzingis? Not t- taller than me. Taller than me, but still like not super tall. Yeah, he's a, his, he's a Milwaukee average, I guess you could say, but... uh. <laughs> <clears throat> we were talking on the Patreon, uh, and if you're not a Patreon to the Art and Jacob Do America podcast, you should be. Uh, we were talking about the new Netflix series that kind of inspired us to do this topic. And um, I kind of mentioned that I remember when Jeffrey Dahmer was popping off. My mom every night would uh, watch this TV program called The Current Affair, and they would talk about everything that was going on, the trial, and just all the gory details about, like, you know, he dipped the bodies into acid to melt the skin off, and then he would eat the heart, lungs, and penis, and, like, he had severed hands and all that shit. And my mom, she used to say to get me to go to bed, like, when I was, like, five or six years old, like, if you don't go to bed, 
Jeffrey Dahmer's going to get you. And that used to scare the shit out of me because I would know all the details about like what he what he was up to. And then like the fact that like I'm like a little kid still fucking playing with fucking Ninja Turtles and shit. Probably still pee in the bed. I don't know. And fucking my mom was telling me this fucking cannibal rapist pedophile was going to fuck, fucking come and turn me into a fucking sex zombie. Fucking terrified the shit out of me. Yeah, I did. Unfortunately, I don't have any experiences like that. Um, but he is, I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think of, like, the first time I heard, I've heard of Jeffrey Dahmer. Probably sometime in high school or something like that. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, I wasn't, like, I didn't grow up with Jeffrey Dahmer, <laughs> like, stories or anything like that. He wasn't on your Mount Rushmore? None of my Rush, Mount Rushmore. But I was, like, somewhere in high school the first time I heard. I might have heard about him before, but I just mm-hmm. didn't really think about it or anything like that. Maybe I heard him on like some news article, but around high school, that's really when I started, you know, going through that angsty teenage phase or whatever. And then like finally like coming across Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, I always thought he was just like, like one of the, like, like, Oh, like he's just one of those like lame serial killers. But in reality, like that dude, not only, is he probably, like, you know, top five most iconic serial killers of all time. But, like, like there's just so much. Like, the Netflix documentary, and I'm sure you could make a Netflix documentary about most serial killers. Oh, yeah. But this one is just, like, just so many layers upon layers upon layers where it's just, like, even even the, like, the amount of movies that have been made and shows mm-hmm. and, like, the My Friend Dahmer story and all that stuff and, like, you know the they they touch upon some of that in this one. I'm sure you saw the thing where like he was in the yearbook. He would sneak into like yearbook pictures, and he was kind of a goofball and like yeah, like that's that's an element. I'm glad they incorporated in there because it's like like people that I'm sure you went to high school with. Like I'm sure you went to high school with like some murderers now, like yeah. that are in prison uh, now. Yeah, East High. I'm 100 percent confident. Of oh that. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Like not everybody that I went to high school is like not in prison now or whatever. <laughs> or, like everyone's still alive. Yeah. Everyone's alive and doing well. Everyone's a lawyer now. Yeah. Um, everyone's a good Christian. Yeah, and like I'm sure some of those motherfuckers are like been arrested for like some heinous shit, but like or not arrested, but have done heinous shit. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. But, like, Jeffrey Dahmer was, you know, went so long. And I'm sure once you take a moment to, like, be like, oh, yeah, he was a really weird guy. Like, he didn't hide his weirdness that well. I don't think so. No. He is kind of, like, bland and forgettable, but that's kind of, like, the, the, the costume. That, yeah, like yeah. That's 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 the disguise. That's the thing that keeps you from looking twice at him because he's just so bland and forgettable looking. Yeah, because we were talking on the Patreon, like, there's some serial killers, like a Richard Ramirez, which is, like, they're very much, they present themselves as the devil or whatnot. Or John Wayne Gacy, where it's just like, yeah, like, you're fat and sweaty and kind of creepy looking or whatever. Like, yeah, of course you fucking hid children, like, in in the fucking concrete of your house and whatnot or whatever. But Jeffrey Dahmer, he just... He just looked like that guy that worked at Seven Eleven or something. You yeah, know, like, like this guy looks like he works in the back room of Target. Yeah, and there was a guy that worked in the back room of Target. That looked yeah. like this. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of weirdos, dude. Like this guy, he's not that far away from like. If you told me, if you, if if I told you, dude, did you see the news? Remember Damien, who we used to work with, like hundred like, percent, who I was thinking about. Like, did you know he like killed seven people and like buried them, like. Dude, like, even when we went to his house that one time, I was like, dude, he's got a dead body in the bathtub. Oh, no, dude. This guy is, like, he was, 
he like I, I also think that the thin there's a very thin line between like serial killer and like dude that like is into like weird shit. I think the line is actually like very thin mm-hmm. in my opinion. And I, I think the the line is could could be something as simple as like, oh, dude, this guy's parents were decent parents, and like, Je- we don't know. Like Jeffrey Dahmer obviously like encountered a lot of strange things in his childhood, um, and which we'll probably get into. Mm-hmm. Not sure what format you want to follow, but well, t- for the all the the little artreos out there, what is Jeffrey Dahmer? Just to kind of put all the, the 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 gory, creepy stuff at the beginning, so people know who we're talking about. Like we're not talking about in 1952. Yeah, Jeffrey yeah, Dahmer yeah. really liked pogs. Uh, who who? What is Jeffrey Dahmer for all those la- lames, uh, <laughs> laymans, <laughs> and lames who don't know who Jeffrey da- what Jeffrey Dahmer is known for? Go ahead and tell them right off the top. What so he's known for. he's uh, he's known as the Milwaukee Cannibal. The I mean, obviously, right off the bat. The guy partially ate a lot of his victims. Mm-hmm. Um, he, what what body parts he needed to get rid of, he would put them in a tub of acid to basically get rid of the body parts. And no, he didn't live in some big fucking wide open space. He lived in a small little one bedroom apartment in like Milwaukee in the hood. Yeah. And like a tub of acid with decomposing human flesh in it yeah. is going to smell pretty bad. So, the, you know, the big MO here is like, is like the dude had like a smelly, bloody room, just spiraling out of control. But that's the big thing. It's like finding young men, basically capturing them, l- drugging them, turning them into like brain dead zombies mm-hmm. and practicing these like l- butchered lobotomies kind of to try to turn him into like his own I don't want to say sex slaves mm-hmm. just like cuddle slaves like it was into like the mannequin aspect of it of like you're just here for me you're just like yeah. my that, human puppet that was ultimately like when you watch like the Stone Phillips interview on like YouTube and I believe like abc.com has it up still where like he said th- he didn't like murdering was just an ends to a mean because his whole fetish, the way he sexually was aroused was to basically be in full control of an incapacitated body and like just drugging them wouldn't do it. Just fucking, you know, knocking them unconscious or whatever, like wouldn't do it. Like eventually it got to the point where it was just like, like he, he was sexually turned on by like the cutting of the, the, the filleting of the skin off the bone. Like he, he was telling one of the police officers when he gets arrested that while he was cutting like the, the arm meat off of like this, you know, amateur bodybuilder, like as he was doing that, like he was like jacking off cause he was like getting so much like gratification from it. And he was like, dude, like I had never felt more euphoria than at that moment in time. He was just like that, that was, that was the sexual gratification. And basically that, that was, that was Jeffrey Dahmer's, motivation and kind of obsession really that overtook him. It was like, it was all like a sexual urge from this like oppressed, like super conservative background that he grew up in. You know, one of the things, and they say this in the, uh, in the television show, the, the, the monster, whatever it's called, the Jeffrey Dahmer monster show on Netflix, where he's talking to a therapist and the therapist says like, um, like, like like a woman's vagina, like the moisture of a woman's vagina should be like 
arousing to a man. Like it should like will make you want it more kind of mm-hmm. thing. And like how he was kind of like turned on by like the moisture of like these like organs and like the mm-hmm. moisture of the blood and like all these things like that turned him on. And it almost seems like somewhere along the line, like the wires got crossed as yeah. opposed to like being like aroused by like, I don't want to say a woman's vagina. I mean, it could have been in like a man's but. penis or butt or whatever. Like arouses he was a you. gay man too. Yeah, yeah. Like, like whatever arouses you, but like, <laughs> like the wetness of yeah, sex. Yeah. yeah. The, the wetness of sex, the moisture of sex, saliva, whatever mm-hmm. it may be, like the exchanging of saliva, like somewhere along the lines, like those wires got crossed and it was like, like seeing someone's like fucking liver coming out of their body or something like yeah. that, like cooking their heart, cooking their liver. Uh. It's just like, like, and I guess uh, like a part of me is just like, I don't want to say like, Oh, I kind of get it. But it's just like, there is like, like the romance of like, like having sex and like for a second, like two people or one, like your heart mm. start beating at the same rhythm or whatever. And like, like, this dude was just taking it to like the next extreme of like literally like ingesting that person where it's just yeah. like, I have a, like, like this dude, I, I honestly think that, you know, something, and I'm sure a lot of things happened in his childhood that like got him to this level where like these wires are so crossed that the moisture of like organs in the ingesting, ingesting of these organs, like, became arousing to him like Mm -hmm. which you know most people shouldn't no (laughs) should not (laughs) be happening that's what kind of threw me too because before i did research on this i was like well why did he want to eat like did he just like the taste of human flesh because we are hardwired to be repulsed by the taste of human flesh whatever it does not taste like chicken apparently right and i remember a couple years ago when eric was still part of the podcast we did kind of like a halloween themed episode where i talked about real life vampires where human blood, like humans can live off like goat blood, cow blood, all sorts of chicken blood, like all sorts of different like animal blood. But if you start ingesting human blood, your body automatically goes into a dying mode, right? Like you're better off just living off your own like visceral fat, you know, like if you're in a hunger state or whatever, because like your body starts to be like, nope, I don't want this. This like you're hardwired not to eat each other and whatnot, right? And I was like, why did he want to eat eat someone? And then when he started talking about like, I wanted, I didn't want them to leave me. And I thought that, you know, drinking their blood or eating their heart or eating their, their penises or whatever. Right. Like that was a way for them to be one with me that they could never leave. Like that's something that will never leave me. Like as much as like, I didn't like the taste, it was something that I dealt with because it, it made me feel whole. Yeah. And I don't want to say like that makes sense, but like, and, but yeah, but for him it makes sense. It yeah. makes sense. Yeah. No, I, I mean, that's what I mean. Like I, I, in a weird way, like I get it. I get what yeah. he's saying. Like it's, it's the next level of people. Like dude, there's people out there that are like into like poo and pee and that sort of shit, you know, mm-hmm. like that are just even feet like that, like feet. Yeah. Like people or, or girls that swallow jizz or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. Hey, I'm just saying like, like that's how's that any different than Jeffrey Dahmer? No, no. <laughs> like <laughs> those are thousands of people. In yeah, there. I was like, dude, that's a whole fucking daycare in there, dude. <laughs> like, like <laughs> you just saw the daycare, <laughs> but like, like there is like that's obviously like next level shit. Like, there's a movie called Feed. I think it's called Feed, where like 
the movie starts off pretty gruesome. The movie starts off with some dude like cutting off his junk and like mm. some other dudes like eating it. And he's like, that's what turns them on. He's like, this is my body. It's my choice. Dude. I can, I can cut it off if I want to. Even that Rammstein song, mind tile where it's about some guy, like he hires someone out of like a German newspaper to eat his own penis. And like, he got off on that. Like, it's like the craziest shit ever. Yeah. yeah but for some reason that sexually gratified him. Yeah. I mean, and I don't want to say like, that's not weird, but at least it's like consensual. Yeah. This is like not consensual. No, <laughs> like yeah. this is like fucking like you know, it's uh it's murder. So like yeah. <laughs> murder, rape, <laughs> pedophilia. Like yeah, I mean this guy checks all the boxes of like all the bad things in life. Yeah, right? all the bad things, dude. And I was saying like you you look at like a Richard Ramirez or whatever. He very much looks like he's possessed by Satan or whatever, like in the cartoony way. Like a Motley Crue kind of way, like shout at the devil kind of way. But you look at Jeffrey Dahmer, he's very much the devil that the Bible describes, like the most beautiful angel. Like when they arrested him, like he looked like he could be Brad Pitt's cousin or something, like that chiseled jawline or whatever yeah. and whatnot. I mean, later on in jail, he looks like a fat nerd or whatever, but like he looks like what Lucifer is described as, like in the Bible, like the most beautiful angel. And that to me, like, that even adds to the scariness he's, of he's it. He's no John Ham. Don't make it sound like he's John Ham. Nobody's Hammer. John Ham. I, I get what you're saying. Like he, um, he had no problem picking up men, I, though. I, I think that um, Richard Ramirez is a good contrast to this because J- Richard Ramirez killed. Like it almost felt like he was just fucked up in the head. Like mm. Richard Ramirez clearly had, and I just thinking back to Richard Ramirez. Didn't he like take like like some hard hits to the head and all this shit. Like Richard Ramirez was just like fucked up in the sense that like he just wanted to create destruction. I think mm-hmm. like if, if he could, I think he would light, you know, like things on fire. Like he wanted to create as much death and destruction as he could. I don't think Jeffrey Dahmer wants that. Like no. I think Jeffrey Dahmer like wanted what most people want. And it's like to, to be loved, to be wanted, to be, like, with someone. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying, like, isn't that beautiful? Like, <laughs> But it makes you feel sorry. In a, in a twisted, fucked up way, doesn't it make you feel sorry for him? Yeah, I, it, I don't know about sorry, but it definitely makes me, like, show a little bit of, like, empathy towards him. Where That's it's a good just, way to put it, yeah. Where it's just, like, I understand. It doesn't make me feel sorry. I mean, and I'll be honest with you, like, I can't stop thinking about what the, what that show did so well in showing that the victims. the victims were human they were literally brothers they were literally like sons they you know like mm-hmm. that that like the um, deaf guy like that broke my heart the, the deaf guy that that asian family like the, the asian family i don't know if you, if you gotten that far into the show but the asian family like dude there was a point where i like literally wanted to cry when they when they're showing the death like oh in court there, well, there's a point where like the family is like starts getting harassed by like, like the racist aspect of like, get go on the get back on the boat and get out of this country kind of thing. It's just like, like not that not that like you know obviously racism still exists or whatever, but like, dude, these people just lost a son. Like this dude, like it, and then the dad says like this like thing where it's like you know I came here for the American dream and like you destroyed the American dream, and I was like that's exactly like like exactly what he did like he literally destroyed like like people's dreams like anytime somebody has a child 
you envision all the positive things that can come of this. Like mm-hmm. they're gonna grow up, they're gonna go to school, they're gonna marry, they're gonna have kids, and then they'll grow older and I'll hold their child or whatever. You yeah, know, and maybe they'll die like the the old couple in the Notebook. A yeah, beautiful death. Just, yeah, and it's just like that's gone. Like you killed that. You killed the dream and the potential of the, of these people. Do you know who sums it up even the best? Is when he goes to trial and the the victim's families like they have their turn in court to like talk to Jeffrey or give their statements and whatever. And that lady, like, she just goes off on Jeffrey. Oh, the lady, like, yeah. My mother's already been through enough, and like, you stole her son, Jeffrey. And she goes, I hate you. I don't even know, understand what she says after a while because she just totally. I think she's it. just saying, like, I hate you, Jeffrey. Yeah. And she's not. like almost lunges at him. Yeah. And like, all the bailiffs in the world have to hold her back and shit. Yeah. And I was like, damn, like, I get that feeling, you know, because as much as I feel bad for Jeffrey Dahmer, like this ain't like go to fucking hot topic, go buy a Jeffrey Dahmer yeah. shirt, cool kind of thing. Like this I, is I like I don't feel bad for Jeffrey Dahmer. It's like there those those families, it's just like damn, like seventeen people, right, were murdered by him, if not more, right? These are the ones he just admitted yeah. to or whatever. And it's just like, damn, there are seventeen stories exactly like that. And it's just yeah. like it's that's what's heartbreaking about it. And I mean, we'll get into all the who, what, when and where and whatnot in a little bit, but like at the beginning of this, we're not here to try to fucking glamorize Jeffrey Dahmer or anything like that. But I do think it's important to show like both sides of the coin, like all the fucked upness that exists in the world with with people. But then the other side of it, where it's just like, hey, don't make him into your anti-hero that you go buy his fucking shirt at Hot Topic with. Yeah, no, I mean he's 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 a guy. I I, I talked about this in the Patreon how like I do fanboy over like killers like the Zodiac, where I'm just like. So cool, so mysterious, all this aspect of it, like, you know, just killing at random. I'm not saying killing's cool or anything like that, but there is that, like, the Riddler, you know, there's a reason why the Riddler is based off of the Zodiac or whatever, the new Riddler, not not the Jim Carrey Riddler. (laughs) But, like, this is, like, to me, like, this would be, like, so uncool. Like, this is just, like, this guy is a fucking monster. Like, I can't imagine, like, like... Just the systematic, like, like, growing of, like, of a monster, really. Like, one of the things that kind of struck me about him was, like, I think that, like, when, when, when kid, when you're, when you're a young kid and you're, like, trying to hold, like, hide your pornography stash from your parents or whatever. Yeah. Like, that was basically his entire life, but, like, that pornography stash evolved into, like, like murder and like heads heads and decapitate like and he was just like constantly like holding this thing back in the shadows and like it almost seems like he it was clearly an addiction toward for him that just kept growing and growing and growing Mm -hmm. and like i guess that's the part where i'm like i don't feel bad for him because he was given so many opportunities to like do the right thing even when he did get caught for little things like He, like, the judges would, like, give him an, another opportunity. And they even enforced that, like, in a, the Netflix show, which is true to life. Like, those judges, like, the transcript of that, where, like, even the typist would come out and be like, did they really just only give him, like, a year of probation for molesting a little boy? And he goes, you remind me of my, my nephew who had one accident, and, you know, I don't want this to define the rest of his life. And it's just like, damn, like, you could have stopped it all right here if you would have given proper justice. But, nope, it's like... You know, like it's just a the system kept failing the rest of society. Yeah, give, yeah, it was. <sighs> yeah, it's a it's a it's a bummer, and like I feel like he was given so many opportunities. 
I'm not saying he was given the proper like mental care that he should have. Like maybe mm. we still probably wouldn't offer him the proper care if, even if he lived in today's America. Like no, like mental health is still. We've covered mental health as a topic. We've done you know that plenty of times. But like addiction, like we have a fucking <laughs> thing on the ballot this time where it's like let's make let's make gambling even easier. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> dude, it's like addiction is a very real thing. Like I, I'm completely against that thing where it's like i'm not trying to make gambling like that shit's gonna make california like a way worse place but yeah. anyways that's a whole different story yeah so jeffrey dahmer baby uh born may 21st 1960 so he would have been 62 years old eligible for early retirement if he was alive today but unfortunately he is not uh born in milwaukee wisconsin to a joyce and lionel dahmer uh, Joyce, I guess, was like a typist and Lionel for a long time. Like he was like a chemistry student and eventually he gets like his MBA and, you know, in chemistry and whatnot, which will come into play over all his life. But uh, Joyce, his mom, uh, suffered from a lot of like, mental anguish. I I guess later on, like it comes out like she suffered from severe postpartum depression. Yeah, which is a very real thing. Yeah, which I mean, they were just finding out about like during like the 80s i guess or whatnot Mm -hmm. or she got diagnosed during the 80s and whatnot uh but she didn't just have that like she also had you know hypochondria where like she uh would imagine diseases that she had and she also had like i don't know what the proper scientific thing but she also was like a very much an attention seeker where like if her children started to get more attention than her like she would you know make a dramatic scene and whatnot so uh Early on childhood for Jeffrey was kind of weird because his mom was, you know, either bedridden with an imaginary disease or legitimately depressed with postpartum depression. So she was on all sorts of like medications constantly that she probably didn't need to be on. Uh, even when she was pregnant with him, like, you know, I, this sure shocked that didn't, me. Yeah, I'm like that. I'm sure that didn't help. Yeah, my girlfriend won't even eat fucking shrimp when she was pregnant with our child. Like, she was yeah. just like, nope, no mercury is going to touch this with these walls, this this urine wall and whatnot. Yeah. But, like, she was on all sorts of, like, fucking opioids and fucking just b- b- horrible shit, you know, that she shouldn't have been on. And the father kind of thinks, well, that might have messed with his brain chemistry. But dad wasn't no fucking silver knight either. Like, he was and I mentioned the Stone Phillips uh, interview with ABC. Uh, dad you know, went through his whole biography. He even had like bouts of this as well, where like he would have fantasies of murdering people, um, which you'll see like in the TV show and all sorts of different publications about Jeffrey Dahmer, him and his dad, like I want to say they had a close relationship, but they kind of had an understanding. And when I saw that, like when he admitted that to like Stone Phillips, he was just like, yeah, like, I kind of get that, you know, in a way I'm just, I'm really disappointed, but I might have passed that on to him because I had feelings that I didn't act out on as well. So it's kind of like, we talk about like nature and nurture. It might've been a little bit of both in that instance. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was, I, I was talking to my girlfriend about this last night and like, it, it's, that's a tough one because I feel like who hasn't felt like an urge to be like, man, I fucking hate this person, like, or, or or whatever it may be, like, you know, there's no one ever goes their entire life with having these like pure thoughts and like, you know, like no sinful urges, like that's why the fucking churches exist, yeah, like, th- you know, that's that's just, I I felt like that was just a grieving dad trying to like find excuses 
you know, I think he even talks about how like he had urges to um, light things on fire and like like light animals on fire and and that sort of thing. He's like, but I never acted on it. Like I just had those urges, and like I'm like, dude, that's such a common thing. Like I'm not saying like that's totally cool, dude. I had a cousin who used to like shoot birds all the time, and I was like, dude, that's fucked up. But like. He grew up in like a really like macho thing where it was like, and not even like, like hunting birds. It was just like shoot birds that are like Torture light them. poles kind of thing, yeah. you know, and like let their dog eat the bird or whatever kind of thing. It's a really fucked up shit. That dude's in prison now. I'm not <laughs> even joking, but like. Makes sense. Like, like there's like fucked up like things. Like I'm, I'm not saying you know, that cousin didn't grow up to be a serial killer, but that dude was kind of fucked up. Like, you know, like kind of a weird scenario, but I just think that there's, there's just so many like fucked up things that happen, and like I think the dad was just trying to justify those things to to himself. I think that was taken a little like out of context mm. down the line with those interviews. Like I don't know. I just think people have fucked up thoughts all the time, like, or maybe just the dad trying to like you know ease some of the fucking you know hailstorm that was coming onto his son or whatever, yeah. kind of to be protective and added that onto himself or yeah. whatever. Uh, but you can't deny though, like he did suffer from like abandonment issues. And a lot of it could have been like from his mom, like always being in bed or kind of just basically ne- neglecting, you know, her and Jeff- Jeffrey and uh, her other son, David and whatnot. Because again, the attention all had to be on her. Yeah. Dad was always gone either for work or he had to go study, you know, because he had to be a fucking, you know, MBA, you know, of chemistry or whatnot. So he was always gone and whatnot. So he, he had like this very lonely childhood. And him yeah. and his brother, I guess, were like never close. Like you never hear anything about him and his oh, brother. Oh, yeah, yeah. You never hear anything about the brother. One other thing that they don't show in the Netflix show is apparently like the dad would always call him like a fucking sissy. Oh, wow. And, and like like that was like his thing. Like anytime Jeffrey Dahmer couldn't do something or would like screw up, it would just be like, you fucking sissy. Like they don't show that at all in, in the documentary. Even though I'm like defending the dad a little bit. Like I was like, the dad's kind of hard on himself. Oh, yeah. Like, to be, like, the thing where it's just, like, if your dad always called you, like, a fucking sissy, like, every single time. It's going to grind spe- on you. Especially as, like, later down the line, it, like, I was, like, are you dating anyone, Jeff? Like, it was always, like, it was kind of, like, I think the dad already knew he was gay. Like, gay and, like, hated that aspect of it and also why he pushed himself away from his son where it's, like, my son's gay and, like. Well, he even says it, too, like, in his prison interview where it's just, like, have you ever thought about coming out to your dad as gay? He goes, even if I did, like it, it would, it wouldn't have gone in a good direction. Like it would have been like, and then he interviews the dad separately, and he's just like, no, you know, gay, being gay is wrong. And if he would have came out to me, I would have taken basically to conversion therapy or whatever to like get 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 that out of him and whatnot. And it's just like, to me, like that's a fucked up thing too, because it's like take away all the serial killer aspect of it. Like if you got like, you can't come out to your dad like who you really are, like in a you know very normal way. Yeah. Like that's going to fuck with you a little bit. Too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's all, you know, a series of actions that kind of take him to this place where he f- is constantly secluded. is constantly like in his own head is like, always oh, like repressed, be- repressed and becomes very good at like hiding like who he is from the rest of the world. Just, and that's probably a big part of that. Like hiding his like sexual orientation from the rest of the world just another thing that he can hide in the background without anyone noticing. And I didn't put much present or much weight to this, but like his dad said too that like when he was four, like he had double hernia surgery and that kind of like yeah. fucked him up. But 
I don't know, but then again, I wasn't there for it, so I can't, I can't no, make a comment. I mean, you know, but. it's funny because they say that in the documentary and they just kind of, or not the documentary, that Netflix show, and they just kind of like glance over it. I think the dad says it or something like that. But it was a really big thing. Like, it was so bad as a kid that like his, his fucking like organs were hanging out. Like, you know, it was it was a really bad like a hernia thing. Okay, like, see, I didn't even know that. So, yeah, it was a, it was a really bad thing for him. And like... I could see how it would be traumatic for him. And then, you know, as a kid, like, you know, seeing like your fucking like organs popping out of your belly, like <laughs> that's, a, I could see how that would be pretty traumatic. And like, touch you just a little bit. See, I didn't yeah. know that part about it. Uh, also at four years old, I guess his dad had to remove like dead animal bones from underneath the, the house because it was stinking or whatever. Right. And uh, Jeffrey like was very attracted to this, not, not in a sexual way, but he was fascinated by it. Yeah. And uh, when the dad dropped the bones, I guess, like into the bucket, it made like a sound that like that resonated with Jeffrey. And he's like, oh, yeah, it sounds like fiddlesticks. Like you get that sound bite. And from that point forward, like he grew an obsession with collecting dead bugs, putting them in jars, getting dead animals, like putting them in jars of formaldehyde, which led into like him and his dad uh, gathering up roadkill and dissecting it and learning taxidermy and learning how to like chemically like remove, you know, the flesh from the bones and bleach the bones and preserve like the skin and the pelts and whatnot. And, yeah. you know, you get those like in the show, you get like him like playing with like the viscera and whatnot. And like, and this very much was like his hobby, which he would like use to justify like smells like his grandma's house or his apartment that like, oh no, it's just my, my taxidermy hobby. Yeah. Oh man. I don't know how people put up with the smell so much. Especially down the line when he would start be like, oh, it's like lasagna that I made. I used the wrong <laughs> recipe or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, no, he starts going down that path. I think, you know, in his high school years, this is the story that a lot of people, every documentary, everybody brings up the guinea pig story about how he was very much into like dissecting the, the guinea pigs in science class. And that is a true story that he does ask for the um, for an extra guinea pig to take home to dissect. And the teachers are like, oh, well, that's pretty cool that you're so into this. Like, you know, like, cool into, into dissecting. Um, well, obviously, like, <laughs> it doesn't go well. But, like, you know, man, he would have – I'm trying to think, like, I knew some fucked up kids in high school. I'm pretty sure some of those motherfuckers are, like, in prison now. Yeah. They were, like, not that far off from, like, the Jeffrey Dahmers that would want to do some shit like this. Well, we might have ran into one <laughs> – the week that me and Jordan covered two weeks ago. I didn't know mm-hmm. the proximity of Jamie Asuna kind of crossed paths with myself. How old was Jamie Asuma? He was two years younger than me, so a year younger than you. So, uh, what he, high school did he go to? Uh, I didn't. Well, he dropped out um, in junior high, but it was all like I think it was like Stella Hills and all that like stuff, and like the whole Niles area, Foothill area kind of thing. So, oh damn. So. Very much an East Sider like us. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, not to jump back into that topic, but like um, at 14, uh, you mentioned it um, in high school, like he would do a lot of pranks. You mentioned the yearbook prank, like he would just jump into like the basketball team photo or the girls' soccer photo and whatnot. Or he like would imitate like, you know, mentally handicapped kids or just to like kind of make like the cool jock kid laugh or whatever. Basically, you know, trying to get the acceptance of somebody, right? And they would call it like doing a Dahmer, right? Like basically like, you know, pulling a prank was called doing a Dahmer. 
Uh, it's also around this time too, like he starts developing like a bad like drinking habit mm-hmm. where like he would take like a full flask to fucking science class and just kick back, you know, a whole thing like a fucking Jack Daniels or something like that. So Yeah, apparently he would bring like styrofoam cups to like first period of class and they were filled with like whiskey mm-hmm. and like it was just a normal thing. I'm surprised this happened multiple times. It was like he would show up to school with like a beer can. This is like where parenting, like if I did that shit, my dad would have like whooped my ass. Oh yeah, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like there's no way, like it's like it ain't it ain't happening, dude. Serial killer over. Yeah. <laughs> like, it stops now. <laughs> You'd be saluting at your flag yeah. <laughs> on your front lawn and shit, like at it, ten in the morning. Yeah, yeah. No, it would be like it would it would be no go. But yeah, I mean, I'm surprised that was like a multiple thing and it was a very public thing. A lot of people talked about his alcoholism. And like yeah, another thing that helped him kind of like hide the demons, you know, mm-hmm. alcoholism. Which is probably trying to mask feelings or whatever, yeah. right? Trying to numb that, that feeling out of him and whatnot, right? Uh-huh. It's also around this time period he starts to discover that he loves, you know, he starts to discover like his sexual orientation. And the, the kink that he has is like he loves bare-chested athletic men or whatever, right? And so it's also around this time where he has like this fantasy where he keeps seeing like this this shirtless jogger, you know, walking or jogging past him a few times where he has like this fantasy of like knocking him out with a baseball bat and fucking, you know, having his way with him. And I guess like he actually like attempts to do this, but then kind of like chickens out. Yeah. And it's just like, oh shit. So like at 14 years old, like he was already starting to have like these feelings of domination, control and, you know, murder. I didn't know this. I didn't know that about him. In that Netflix show, they do show that scene, right? Where he like chickens out at the last minute and like, I was like, what the fuck? I had no clue about that. But pretty interesting stuff that he already had like the fascination. He should have, they should have known, dude. Yeah. But, (laughs) oh, so fast forward a little bit, 1977, his parents divorce. And I thought this was super fucked up too. So dad moves out of the house and like lives in a motel with like his new girlfriend. And then like almost immediately, like his mom moves out too to go, I guess, go chase UFOs or whatever with the younger brother. And like they, the parents just leave him at the house or whatever, right? And it's a pretty nice house or whatever, like three bedroom, two bath, you know? Yeah. A bunch of spacious, you know, woodlands in the back or whatever. Uh, a nice uh, cottage uh, uh, shed you can do all your dissection with or whatever. So I'm like, damn, who, first of all, who was paying like the bills for that fucking house yeah, or whatever? I think right? the dad was still paying the bills. Damn. So he's paying like the fucking motel the, bill. The and, dad was pretty well off, like, Significantly well off. We should have went into chemistry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to to be playing the bills on a house and like sleeping in a motel. Like so he's paying for the motel and the house. It's like, damn, dude. Yeah, balling. Yeah. Um so he's living at this house pretty much from age seventeen till nineteen. So about two years just by himself or whatever, right? And um this is like where things start to like go like downhill. He starts drinking more. And I thought this was weird. Like, he was, like, working out a lot, I guess. Yeah. And, like, but, like, drinking hardcore, but somehow. And this is, like, skinny man, like, syndrome or whatever. Like, if I drank as much as he drank and then worked out, like, I would just look like a fat dad or whatever, right? <laughs> like, there's no way, like, I would have, like, a well, glistening body. he had that body. young guy metabolism at this point. Yeah, probably. We used to work out back in the yeah. day and go get pizza afterwards. Yeah, we, I mean. We were still, like, a buck 50. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> buck 50, yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, that was kind of a weird thing. So this is around the time he picks up the the first hitchhiker and the Correct. first murder, really. Um, he picks him up, hesitates. Apparently, like, if you listen to Jeffrey Dahmer tell that 
that scene, it's almost like verbatim the way like it happens in the in the thing where he pulls up, is thinking about it, is gonna drive by, and then he's like, "Nah, let's do it," and he goes back to pick him up because uh, the guy was on on his way to go see a concert. He wanted to go see Pegasus. Yeah, <laughs> uh, pretty cool. I had to Google Pegasus. Apparently, there's a new band called Pegasus, oh, which really? is like kind of weird. I was like, "This is a, this ain't it." Yeah, but um, but anyways, um, he he's takes him home to like drink some brewskis yeah and like to work out and and even in that show like they bring up is like he's like isn't it weird how like everyone's working out now i thought that was kind of funny but yeah they're like working out together and it's like kind of just a weird thing altogether but ends up uh as the guy kind of becomes panicky he's like say, saying like hey man this show's like Gonna start in about two hours, which and is weird, right? Like, if I'm hitchhiking to go to a concert, like, just drive me there. Don't drive me home, and like, we have like a whole bro hangout and whatnot. Like, drink Budweiser yeah. and go bench press fucking ninety five pounds or whatever. Like, <laughs> like, just drive me to the fucking concert. Like, I'll give you money or weed or whatever. But like, yeah. I'm not trying to have like a whole new best friend out of the whole ordeal, or whatever. <laughs> which I thought was like super weird. But you're right. Like, the guy starts to give bad vibes. I guess Jeffrey tries to kiss him, and he yeah. wasn't gay at all. And so Jeffrey gets pissed off, smacks him. The show shows just one time, and like even that was like jarring, like the way he like hit, fucking yeah. hit him with like hits a him with like a dumbbell or whatever. I guess he hit him twice or whatever, right? And then strangles him and knocks him yeah. out, and then it just starts cuddling him. Yeah. Oh man, that dude is gonna get a fucking like Emmy or whatever for that performance. By oh, the he way. better, yeah. Because uh, at this point, where he's just like chokes him and he's doing that whole like. Hey, stop goofing. Hey, hey. Like, that's his first murder, really seeing someone's life fade out of their body. And, like, it's it's one of the most disturbing things. That that, that was the first time watching this thing where I was like, I got to turn this off. This is, like, way too disturbing, yeah. dude. Um, it, yeah, I mean, the following thing is that he wants to dispose of the body. Yeah, this was rough. This yeah. was rough because this is exactly the way it is. So... He initially wants to dispose the body by just putting it all in like trash bags and taking it to the dump, only to get pulled over by police. They catch him. He's drinking. Of course, he's he's like drinking and driving. And then they were like, "Son, you got your whole life ahead of you. Like, <laughs> you don't be drinking and driving. Go back home, sober up." And ladies like, and gentlemen, this is called white privilege. Oh, this this whole thing is like the example of white <laughs> privilege, dude. So he goes home, and this is a part that is like. Perfect. I heard that he he used a sledgehammer, not that weird hammer that they show him using to break the bones, but he does break them down to like a powder, mm-hmm. like with the sledgehammer. I don't know if that hammer that he uses counts as a sledgehammer, but I, I heard it was a sledgehammer what he used. Okay. But basically breaks down everything, cooks the bones to try to like make them dry and brittle, mm-hmm. basically just takes it all apart. This is a weird one too. Like all the flesh, like he like chemically like peels it off the skin with all the methods that his dad taught him with like the fucking roadkill and shit. Yeah. Turns it into like this like blood slush, like flesh sludge or whatever, mm-hmm. and flushes it down the toilet. And the bones, right? He starts just doing a dance and scattering them all over the fucking woodlands behind his house and shit. And I was just like, that is fucking. If that was like my fucking cousin or brother or uncle or something like. That's like a hatred, like I would never fucking forget, like because it's like you net, you don't have a fucking property, like you flush somebody's loved one down the toilet and then scattered them around, 
And then you hear Jeffrey talk about it and he goes, I did it because I want him to always be around with me. And it's just like, fucking hell, man. Like, that is just fucking sick. Yeah, no. He, he's a sick dude, man. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I think I think the show did a good job of depicting that because I was like, that's pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. Except for the hammer thing. It's supposed to be a sledgehammer. Okay. We'll, we'll get Triple H <laughs> yeah, to correct yeah. this. Sorry, all. guys. <laughs> uh, so uh, this all happens. And about six weeks later, after this, um, uh, old Lionel, the dad, comes home with his new girlfriend slash fiance slash new stepmom, uh, Sherry. <clears throat> and he's like, damn, fool, this house looks like shit. What the fuck? Where, where's your mom at? Mom left. Like, how long ago did mom leave? Like, fucking three months ago. She hasn't been back. So it's just been me here fucking living off Budweiser and fucking protein candy bars or whatever the fuck he's fucking eating or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And so the dad's just like, you know what? Like, we got to get you cleaned up. You know what we're going to do? We're going to send you to uh, Ohio State University. The Ohio State University. And so he gets him enrolled in Ohio State. And he's just like, you know what? I'm sorry. Like, you know, your mom took off on you and I kind of abandoned you whatever, but we're going to get you on a good path or whatever, right? The American dream. Go to college. You're going to get a good job, get a hot wife and bang out two kids or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Goes to fucking Ohio, the Ohio State and fucking manages to squeak out a .45 GPA. And I kept seeing conflicting information. He either got expelled or dropped out of college. So I don't know what's true because the Netflix show kind of like embellishes some things. But I saw conflicting things with it. I don't know if he got expelled or dropped out. But either way, he spent his whole college time and all the college money that he got just fucking drinking his life away. Yep. Um, that's another thing. Like, you know, that's one of the few times that Jeffrey Dahmer's life is very unexplored is this college college time. Um, but, yeah, not not a lot of information there besides him flunking out and just being in his dorm room. Drinking. Drinking. And the, the weird thing is, didn't he have, like, dorm room, like, dorm people that lived with him? Roommates. Roommates, yeah. whatever they're called. <laughs> Probably. I think he did, but there was just like no information about it. I don't know if they were like fucking jocks and like would have whooped his ass if mm-hmm. like... Hey, so, man, you get your hand off my pee-pee. Yeah, it's just like, I, I don't know what was going on there, but uh, yeah, there's just not a lot of information in that time period besides him being like a drunk and failing classes. Yeah. But basically at that point, the dad is pretty fucking fed up with him and is just like, well, there's really only one more thing we can do and that's shipping you off to the military. Mm-hmm. And for a second there, I thought they had it. Like they were like, military, that sounds about right. Yeah. So goes to the military. Looks like everything's going well. He goes through basic training. Looks like everything's working okay. Um, but while he's in military, continues to drink. Looks like he tries to get drug some of his uh his military folks as well like yeah there's military. some s- stuff coming out even recently about how like there's people coming out that said like he raped them and whatnot like some dude like jumped out of a like three-story building because he was getting ready to drug him and rape him and shit so you start to see the inklings of this uh when he goes to the military he's a i guess he gets i don't know what the proper terminology is like he gets drafted i guess you could say into being a combat medic and he learns about fucking sedatives and sleep aids and all sorts of stuff. So add into the fact that he like knows how to fucking dissolve a body, you know, from chemist dad. The military is teaching him how to fucking, you know, you know, uh, sedate somebody. Yeah, absolutely. Like they're just training this killer to become a better killer, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty serious shit. But um, 
eventually the uh, drinking really catches up to him and also drugging his like fellow <laughs> military men or whatever they're yeah. called. Army men. I don't yeah. know what the correct term is. Yeah, grunts. The grunts. <laughs> I guess. I Dr- drugging them and like um, basically getting caught and just blaming it on alcoholism mm-hmm. um, and just basically is honorably discharged which sounds like he just like hurt himself, like sprained an ankle, and they're like, "Okay, you got can't do it no more." <laughs> I don't know if they should still give him the honorably discharge thing, whatever. You would think that getting drunk would be like a dishonorable discharge. You but, would think, right? But anyways, he's honorably discharged. Goes home. The dad's fucking pissed. He's like, "You're not living with me anymore. Get the fuck out of here. You're going to live with your grandma now," which was. The worst. Like I, 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 when this happens in even in the show, I'm just like, this makes no fucking sense. Why would you take this like out of control guy and send him with like, like some sweet old lady that's just gonna let her walk all over or yeah. let him walk all over? Her. Yeah, walk all over yeah. her. Cause she loved him. You know, oh, she, yeah. was, she was the only person like you read shit about it. Like, you know, the grandma was like the only person that was like there for him and showed him any kind of like proper affection and whatnot. But again. Like you, like our said, it was like the bad, the worst thing to do. So I uh, get sent to grandma's house, which is in West Allis, Wisconsin. So I Google mapped it, like how far away it was from Milwaukee. I guess it was like a good, like just five miles away. So it was like from here oh, to like yeah. fucking, uh, fucking, uh, trucks and extension or something like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Like past that, da- just past downtown. They're just at a different target. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, they, initially they had a good vibe going on. Um, she he would actually accompany her to church. I know the the series says like she didn't want to go to church, but he'd actually go to church with his grandma. He did things around the house, like he was he was a good grandson or whatever, right? And he even got like a job as a phlebotomist, which makes sense for Jeffrey Dahmer, right? Like you're gonna be drawing blood on people. And this thing I know it made you sick and it made my fucking stomach curdle, and it was true. Where like he actually stole like some bags of blood yeah. and started drinking them, and I was like, "Oh God, that's fucking disgusting." Yeah, I actually thought that looked pretty cool. Really? Yeah, I was like, "Dude, the visual effects that they use on that one is just like that." Better be fucking strawberry. Fucking yeah, I was chocolate. like, "That better like taste like fucking Hawaiian punch, dude," because <laughs> like the way he ingested that shit, where it just like look, like it's like, oh man, the visual elements of that was like, I was like, that's beautiful looking like the way they capture the lighting and all mm-hmm. that i was like very beautiful very poetic it almost makes you forget that he's drinking blood <laughs> like, <laughs> don't think about it don't think about it don't yeah, think about it's it. like oh dude have you ever had a like i think it's called tiger's blood that like um it's like uh it's just like an icy and they just oh, put like yeah. the red stuff on there and they call it tiger's blood i was like i bet that was just tiger's blood dude <laughs> <laughs> the syrup <laughs> yeah the syrup that red syrup i was like that's probably why he looks so happy we'll go with a snow shack now yeah but basically yeah he does that and obviously uh, will down the line get fired. The funny thing about him getting fired is that I don't think they fire him for the blood. No. I think they just fire him for being, like, incompetent. Yeah. Like, like, it's just like, oh, dude, they never caught on to the whole blood thing. They, he just had to admit admit that down the line during, like, the multiple interviews that he did. <laughs> where he's like, yeah, I sold a bunch of blood. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, it's just like, oh, damn, what the hell? Also around this time period, because this is like a lot of like this is just him going down like or he's already like a bad dude, murderer, like rapist type of mm-hmm. guy. But at this point, he's just going down like this darker and darker path where, you know, eventually he starts creating this like satanic altar in his grandma's house. He goes to a funeral where he's just like 
picturing himself like getting into the uh, the casket, like, a funeral of someone he didn't even know, mm-hmm. but he just wanted to get in the casket with that person. Eventually, he starts digging up. Once everyone leaves, he starts digging it up, but he's like gets tired and he's like, "Never mind." Yeah, and like. Luckily for them, it he was, was March. He said it like in his Oshkosh, like fucking, like I saw the real interview with him too. He goes, uh-huh. it was March and the, and the ground was just too hard and I couldn't, I did, it would take it too long. And I was yeah. just like, oh God, this is so yeah. weird. He sounds Scottish. He's like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, that's another thing. The dude that plays him does a really good job of capturing that like old Oshkosh. Everything was like, I just couldn't, like, I don't know. Everything was just like this bland, like monotone, like. Yeah, I I just had a drinking problem. Yeah. Like everything was just like, ugh, like no big deal. Yeah, so I wanted to get into the casket with him, but the ground was too hard. Kind of reminds me of Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of like that Napoleon Dynamite crossover vibe to yeah. him. But um, yeah, he's going slowly going down this this downward spiral gets uh, arrested for indecent exposure. Has, you know, he has a second job at this point as a butcher, of course. He would be a butcher. His, he goes to the Kern County Fair. <laughs> <laughs> He's checking out the the uh, Home Depot exhibit with my, buddy, <laughs> my boy Ben. All of a sudden, he starts exposing himself because he's drunk as hell. Yeah. He claims that he's just drunk and, like, he didn't know what. He was just looking for a bathroom. That's why he whipped his dick out and started exposing himself. So... His employer finds out, they fire him, and then he finds another job because, of course, you just keep finding jobs when you're like a- The economy's strong, right? The economy's strong, you're a white dude, you get another job, dude. So he gets a job at a chocolate factory. (laughs) I thought this was fucking- I did not know he worked at a chocolate factory. And there's a metal band called Macabre, and I think I sent you the link to the song, Uh whereas they did the whole Oompa Loompa thing. They have a whole album, right? Uh It's called Dahmer, right? And they they probably cover this topic better than we do, but it's just like a whole like everything that we're gonna touch on or whatever, but put like to like a funny like metal song or whatever. And there's like one song called Dahmer in the Chocolate Factory. No, I had it like at the end of the episode or whatever, but it's like the Oompa Loompa song from Billy uh-huh. Wonka Chocolate Factory. It is like the best thing that you'll fucking ever hear after hearing like this fucking episode. Oh dang. I, I, I you said it to me, but I didn't get to listen to it. But um yeah, it, he gets a job with the chocolate factory. This is probably like the job he keeps the longest, which apparently on the TV show, they don't show it that long. They show the whole like maybe just because the meat thing is grosser, they focus more on him being a butcher than anything else. Slicing that salami and shit. Yeah, it's like, but he was at that chocolate factory like way longer. And he got promoted a couple times too. Don't forget that, yeah. Yeah, and at this point, it almost seems like he's getting his life together, even though he's like still during this whole time, this is the time he starts like drugging guys at gay bars and mm-hmm. bathhouses. Dude, bathhouses like that that's such like a weird thing, right? Like yeah. th- does that still exist like in present two thousand two time or two twenty twenty times? No. I think there's so like I think I asked my girlfriend, I was like, What what's a bathhouse? Like I was like, cause isn't remember like in like old like uh like Romans times? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, so like, isn't that what it is? Where it's just like a bunch of dudes? Is it? Is it? You know when like like you have like a bunch of dudes and they're putting like coals in the thing and they're just all steaming together. Oh, a sauna. Yeah. Sauna, right? Like, is it basically just like a sauna for like poor people and then <laughs> they just go have sex with each other? <laughs> like, 
I don't know. It was like a weird thing. It was yeah. like it was like some Game of Thrones. Like I know we don't have them in Baker, and if we do yeah. have them in Bakersfield, I don't know about it because. And even if they did have it, like I'm Google sure there would be. I'm sure it wouldn't be like an oil dale or something. So yeah. my fucking ass isn't gonna put my cheeks in that yeah, position. Dude, so like bathhouses. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. You're not sharing my share of water with you, boy. Hey, dude. Hey, dude. What are you doing in this bathhouse, dude? Dude, what are, me and my buddy Ben, dude, we hey, went to a bathhouse yesterday, dude. Hey, dude, me and Ben are going to go to a bathhouse. You want to meet up, dude? <laughs> it, it's not gay, dude. It's just, like, fun, dude. Just, just bring your own towel. We just play with each other, dude. We just goof around, close our eyes. Explore. Um, yeah, we just whatever you want to touch, it's game, dude. It's fair, dude. It's, you know, there's, there's a no there's, judgment zone. Yeah, once the door closes, dude, I just close my eyes and pretend. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, it's like a weird, it's like a weird thing that does. Hopefully, it doesn't exist. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're cool. Yeah, I don't know. I don't man. know, dude. Yelp it, everybody. Yeah. Let us know. Yeah, five star review on the. Yeah. Let's find a five star reviewed bathhouse, and we'll go. Yeah, Episode. we'll go. Episode. 289 <laughs> is going to be live from the bathhouse. <laughs> but I will say, like, it looked creepy, dude. Like, that looks like something, like, it reminded me of, like, Taxi Driver when he goes to that porno theater. Mm, yeah. Porno theaters, dude. We, we got one down the street. Like, I'm surprised they exist still. Oh, yeah. Like, who's going to porno theaters? Ross. Ross? Is he a porno theater guy? He seems like he's been to a porno theater. Yeah. He, he Pee Wee Herman, that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, dude. Um, yeah, I don't know, dude. Porno theaters, it's like, you don't have internet? Like, what's going on, dude? Like, you got bigger problems if you're at the porn, porno theater, dude. Like, I'm serious. Like, dude, like, porn then, is, like, hard to, like, I can't even fucking turn my phone on without, like, seeing porn pop know, up. Have dude. you seen Twitter lately? It's like, like, shit. Twitter, yeah, dude, everything. Even Instagram is, like, kind of like, damn, dude, th- they let this shit on here? Like, this shit's borderline, like... Not 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 PG thirteen. Yeah, I don't need an OnlyFans account to fucking watch your yeah. butthole. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyways, um, yes, he he starts drugging men constantly at a bathhouse just to to have his way with them or whatever. Right? He doesn't murder one anyone murder anyone at the bathhouse that we know of, uh, but we do know that he drugged twelve men and he gets himself like blacklisted from like every yeah. bathhouse like in uh, Wisconsin and whatnot. And I thought it was not funny but i thought it was like so weird like like when the guy like in the show is like and i call fucking tim's bathhouse down the street don't think you're gonna go get a membership down there because you're blacklisted boy and it's just yeah. like <laughs> like damn there's like not you fucking being the fucking monopoly on fucking bathhouses and <laughs> shit right but uh yeah he gets uh listed from that so he starts to he has to up his game a little bit takes his promotion and starts taking men to classy hotel rooms yeah no he so I thought this was kind of like a funny thing because obviously he he meets that one guy at a, at a at a bar, tells him like let's go hook up. Steve Toomey. Yeah, tells him like let's go hook up, and the dude's like let's just go to a bathhouse, and he's like no, those are gross. Like yeah. <laughs> I, like I got like a foot infection or something. Like he's got, I got like athlete's foot yeah. or something from that. So he takes it to this like super high end hotel, and like is just like. This this is like the downward spiral. Like mm-hmm. I cannot believe. Like, a, I mean, and I'm saying this after like he's already murdered and raped and stuff like that. But like the next level. This is like next level where like he, I don't want to say perfects his like drugging of someone and like making them go unconscious and like murdering them. But that's basically where he does it. But he does it in such a public place. 
And the fact that he gets away with it is the, the really alarming thing. He's lucky like surveillance footage didn't exist back then. Right. Because uh, basically two men walk in, only one man walks out, and he walks out with a big old thing of luggage. Yeah. And he didn't have before. Yeah. It's like he stuffs him in, in the luggage and like gets out of there. What I thought was weird too is like you mentioned like he drugs him and whatnot. And I guess like he accidentally drugs himself a little bit yeah. too. So he doesn't remember uh, murdering Steve to me uh he says he just wakes up and he notices like he just has bruises all over like his his arms and his elbows and his wrists and whatnot he's like well what the fuck is going on here and he looks over and the show does an okay job of like what the real jeffrey Dahmer explained of like the chest being caved in but like apparently like it was like caved in caved in like almost like he was trying to like grab his heart through his chest like Kano from Mortal Kombat and yeah. shit and like it was like almost like the the cavity was like almost penetrated and I guess there was like blood coming out of his mouth and I thought this was weird too like he gets a fucking suitcase to like hide the body or whatever right and finds and I can't think of a big I have a big ass suitcase that we took when we went to Hawaii or whatever right and I couldn't imagine my five foot eight ass like fitting in there or whatever. Like this guy must have been like really svelte or like five well, six. Yeah, or these something. guys were like swimmers' bodies, dude. I guess so. Like folded him like a fucking origami or whatever, and like stuffs him in like a suitcase and like walks his ass out of the fucking hotel, takes it to grandma's house, right? Leaves his fucking body in the basement for one week. Now, mind you, grandma's probably like eight, seventy-eight years old or whatever. She's not walking down to the basement or whatever, right? She might slip, fall, crack her cranium or whatever, right? So she doesn't go down there. The body stays down there for one week. Uh, he starts doing the same thing like he did with the, you know, the hitchhiker uh, Stephen Hicks. Uh, you know, cuts all the flesh off the bones, dissolves it, flushes it, pul- pulverizes all the the uh, the bones to a- to dust and whatnot, uh, but keeps the severed head and mummifies it in Soilex and bleach. And he keeps the skull and I guess his penis too. And he uses this like for fuel to jack off to. Damn, I didn't know about the penis part of it. Yeah. Uh, But he does keep it in that one box, uh, which does play a factor later down the line. Yeah. Um, But in the middle of all this, you know, he's his grandma is becoming a little more alert about what's going on. Um, but he's like saying like, fuck off grandma. Like, don't worry about this mm-hmm. as is like satanic altars getting bigger and bigger. Um, he does do some questionable acts around this time where he steals like a mannequin from a store. They show that a little bit where he steals the mannequin, takes it home and like just has it like as like a, like a sex doll kind of thing, but he just cuddles it. Um, but then the big thing is that he brings a guy home from a bar one night and, um, at this, the 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 show kind of takes some liberties with this because th- the story is that the guy had a his car was dead. Jeffrey Dahmer takes him home and says like, "Hey, you want to just hang out?" And he's like, "I thought you were taking me home. I thought you what was what's going on here? You said you were just gonna give me a ride home." And then he's he drugs his coffee. Apparently, he wakes up the next morning in the hospital. Correct. So the yeah. whole thing with the grandma, I'm going to stay down here with you, didn't really happen. But the grandma does walk in on it, and he says, you better take him to the hospital. That's the yeah. only reason why he didn't get to kill him, because grandma did come down, but grandma didn't go down to the bus stop and pay for his bus yeah. fare and then walk him through the cornfield or whatever. Yeah, because yeah, you're absolutely right. But, yeah, the only reason why he didn't per- pursue that one was because there was a witness at this yeah. point. Yeah. And 
Man, the grandma probably, you don't know how many people, how many lives the grandma saved, dude. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's one that like, at this point, like his parents are onto him. Like the grandma kind of rats him out and tells her dad like, hey, you need to come talk to him. He's up to some shady shit. And at this point he's like killed. So after like the Steve Toomey, like he's already killed, killed two other people. He killed a 14 year old. Uh, James Doxeter, who was like a, a Native American prostitute, and then he ki- kills a Richard um, Guerrero, and it's all the same mo. He meets him at a bar or on the street or like a gay hangout, offers him fifty dollars for you know pictures to take some nudes, and we'll come back to my house and drink some brewskis, and then he ends up fucking drugging him, strangling him up, pulverizing the bones, and keeping the severed head or another item like the hands or the penis or whatever. Yeah, so. The grandma basically tells the dad, like, hey, you need to come keep an eye on your son. He's up to some shady shit. And the dad goes down there and, like, starts, like, laying down the law, basically. And he's like, where the fuck is my, where's the where the fuck is that box that I have with all my trophies inside of it? And he's like, I don't know, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> and then the show does it a little bit differently, but apparently, like, he uh, he had the head in the in the basement and basically it's like the last minute like Jeffrey like is able to take the head out and like put pornography in it and be like yeah, it's just pornography but yeah another one of those like moments where it's like dude this guy was so close to getting caught yeah so many and, times yeah. yeah so many times just almost getting caught but does not get caught yeah and the dad doesn't catch him that time yeah so eventually you said you know just to kind of shotgun this a little bit or whatever there's 17 victims we're not going to you know go into full oh, detail yeah, about no. all of them uh, but eventually, Grandma's just like sick of it. She's sick of the smells. She's sick of him bringing home, you know, young men in the middle of the night. And you know, again, Grandma's old school. It doesn't want fucking you know gay sex happening under her Christian roof or whatever, right? Yeah. It doesn't appreciate the dead skunk smell that's coming out of you know the basement or whatever. So she kicks him to the curb, right? And uh, he actually moves into his own place at 808 North 24th Street. So this is before the infamous apartment, right? But two days later, he's actually arrested for f- drugging and sexually molesting a 13-year-old boy. And, you know, the he's a Laotian immigrant boy or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Not one that will come into play later on. Uh, but he eventually gets arrested and convicted. But I believe he only gets, like, one-year probation. Like, he's able to, like keep his job so that way he can keep his job at the chocolate factory and pay his rent so the judge took like fucking liberties like to give him a fucking break like not only did you fucking sexually molest someone worse than fucking somebody like on epstein's island but he's like allowing him to fucking be on probation so that way he can keep his job and pay rent like that that never in this lifetime or next would happen like to somebody from east bakersfield at all no it's absolutely like horrifying how many opportunities he gets but this is a big one because the family can't believe that that's happening like nobody can believe that that's happening after he just molested this kid yeah and like i don't know it did i it did make me think like dude we are like way too lenient on like sexual offenders like even to this day i think that we're way too lenient like like i'm not saying that they should not be given a life to like rehabilitate or whatever but i'm just saying like like, I don't know. There should be, like, more... Well, that's the reason why in prison, like, those are the most targeted people is because even prisoners know that they're not getting the proper justice because... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking, they, those are the first ones to get to beat the, the shit beating out of them. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm not an expert, but I just think that there should be, like, more... Like, you should still have to attend, like, classes, like, 
for the rest of your life or something. Like, yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. I have, I haven't looked into it, but I was yeah. like, we haven't come a long way since then. But no. Uh, but in between this time, he kills an Anthony Sears who he kills again in his grandma's house or whatever, right? Somehow he gets access to his grandma's house again, uh, puts the drains the blood out of uh, his body in grandma's bathtub, uh, preserves his head and his penis, again, same M.O., uh, and keeps it out of his work locker. So that box that he took from his dad keeps Anthony Sears' head in his locker <laughs> at work, at the wow. chocolate factory, right? So all that delicious chocolate you're eating in the late 80s, there might have been some fucking head juice on that shit, so... Um, after this event, he actually moves into the Oxford apartments and this is where shit gets fucking real guys. So all the shit that we just said before is enough to be like its own fucking episode. Tell your mama and your boo boo too. Shout out Elizabeth, Jacqueline, Elizabeth Warren, whatever. <laughs> right. That's it. Right. Uh, no, but when he moves into the Oxford apartments, this is where he kind of gets his own kind of like world going on. Right. So, um, he gets it on the Oxford apartment, which is on 924 North Street, 25th, North 25th Street. And like Art said at the beginning of the episode, like in the fucking hood. But it's all he could afford at that time. I believe like rent was only $300. And I mean, it's sweet of a deal, right? And that $300 is your rent and all of your utilities and the apartment is fully furnished. I take that too as well. But it's like in a crackhead neighborhood. So it's kind of yeah. like a catch-22 situation. But, but in a way, for a hunter like him, it's... It's in the perfect location. It's in a place that no one's looking. Mm-hmm. It's the one white dude in in a black neighborhood type of thing. Yeah, and it's perfect. It like it it ups his like his like serial killer hunting like technique. Going to gay bars in the area. There were gay bars that were walking distance. Mm-hmm. Just shady locations of people like. Male prostitutes, female prostitutes, like the world is yours at this point. And me and Jordan mentioned it when we we're talking about the Jamie Azuna case. We we're talking about the El Morocco Motel where it took five days for police to get to uh, Yvette's body because the El Morocco Motel was located in a place where cops didn't want to be at. Nobody wanted to be at because it was like a forgotten part of town for a good reason because that's where all the bad shit went down. Same with the Oxford Apartments, you know. Uh, the neighbor, you know, the Netflix documentary does a good job of this. There's actually two neighbors that were constantly calling the cops on fucking Jeffrey Dahmer almost daily. And the cops never came out. And when they did come out, they would always drop the ball. But it's during this time from 1990 when he moves in all the way up to 1991 uh, when he finally gets caught. He quell- he kills 12 men uh, during this time period. And I think only like two escape. But um, it's it's like a fucking house of horrors. Like when you see like documentaries and news clips of, you know, people in hazmat suits like bringing out the barrel and bring out severed heads and body parts. This is the apartment that we're talking about. Yeah, man, that footage. I don't know if they use the, the actual footage on the on the on the in the show, but uh, they capture that shit like perfect to a T. Yeah, uh, even like the pictures, like the Polaroid pictures yeah. that they get. I think they actually use the real pictures. So if you go back to like Rotten.com and whatnot, like those are like the real fucking pictures that they use. Like I'm surprised like Netflix put that shit on there. Like it's yeah. like some of the most gruesome shit you'll ever see. Shit's pretty real, dude. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean at this point it's the house of horrors that everybody knows, the satanic altar, his obsession with with his yellow contact lenses. Oh, yeah, that was something I didn't fucking know either. Like, I guess it's around this same time, too. Like, he became obsessed with, like, two movies. I guess it was, like, Return of the Jedi 
and The Exorcist 3. Yeah, which I didn't even know existed. Yeah. I didn't even know there was an Exorcist 3. <laughs> I didn't even know there was an but, Exorcist But two. apparently that's the... Uh, I knew there was an Exorcist 2 because it's like deemed one of like the worst movies ever, like one of the worst sequels ever. But uh, I didn't know there was an Exorcist 3 where they doubled down on that shit. Yeah. But... Um, <laughs> Apparently that's the movie that in the show where he's like, we're just going to watch this movie and then you'll go. Mm-hmm. Apparently that's the movie that they're watching in there. I had no idea what the fuck they were watching when, yeah. when but the, apparently that's the exorcist three that he's watching in that, in there. It's like super random, but yeah, like everything about this, like the blood stains, the smells, like, well, the yellow contacts is because he was obsessed with like Emperor, the Palpatine, Emperor Palpatine, yeah. And then I guess like the protagonist, like in The Exorcist Three, who had like yellow eyes, so he'd be walking around fucking Minneapolis, or Minneapolis, uh, Milwaukee, with fucking like yellow contacts on and shit. Yeah, apparently, you know, that was his costume, that was his mask, the thing that made him mm-hmm. feel like a like a kinda, hunter. Kind of reminded me of that movie Belly with like DMX and Nas, like where they had like those like glow in the dark contact lenses uh-huh. and shit. Man, that's. That's an underrated movie. That's yeah. like the opening scene where yeah. they're like walking through the like glow in the dark strip club or whatever. Yeah. And their eyes are glowing. I don't know if they had contacts on or the human eye just makes that color when, I don't know. I didn't look into that. Yeah. That is a good movie. I probably put that on tonight or whatever, right? Um, but anyways, it's the same MO for all 12 of these men or whatever. He goes to the gay bar or, you know, at one point he goes to like the Chicago mall and whatnot and he meets like these individuals. Sometimes they're gay, sometimes they're not gay. And he says, like, hey, like I'm a photographer. I want to take pictures. I'll give you fifty dollars. I'll give you a hundred dollars. Takes him back to his apartment, drugs their drink, strangles them, dismembers the bodies. And it's also around this time too, like where he gets like the Polaroid camera that we mentioned a couple times. And he starts documenting the process of like the dismemberment. Uh one of the pictures like I saw back in the day, I didn't find it when i did my research again but one of the pictures is like god it's so fucking disturbing where like you see like the victim like regular like he's taking pictures of him like being all gay and shit and then being all gay and shit (laughs) 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 sorry guys i grew up in a different era calm down but um (laughs) then the next picture it's and this sad as shit it's like his freshly severed head like with the eyes open and the mouth open and then, like, his two hands, and then, like, his big old fucking dick, like, just, like, laying there, like, freshly cut, like, laid, like, like beautifully, like, on a towel and whatnot. <laughs> and, like, it's, like, the grossest shit. And then, like, you see another one where, like, the body is, like, arched, like, unhumanly on the bed. Again, like, because he likes the, the look of, like, a nice athletic chest. And it's, like, this weird arch, but the head is severed, and, like, the torso is, like, bent into like the mattress like with blood coming on it and you got to think like there's other pictures that, that he's showing on here and there's still like the blood stains on there so like he took no effort to fucking clean febreze that shit or anything yeah. so it's just like blood stain after blood stain after blood stain and whatnot and like some of them like he would kill them and like just leave them on the floor one dude he killed and like left him in the bed for two weeks so like this is where you're getting that smell then he purchased like a 57-gallon barrel that you would only find like in the oil fields or some shit or whatever. Filled that shit with like acid and had I think at one point like three torsos in there that were dissolving. And that shit was sticking up the fucking uh, apartment and whatnot. And I guess like when he finally gets arrested, like there's like a severed head. And like the blood is like dripping down like to where like the, the crisper like with the vegetables at. So it's like this whole like crisper full of blood. 
like he had like a deep freezer where he had like three hearts, like fucking uh, bicep muscles and like all sorts of shit. So it was like the fucking house of horrors. And again, like there's 12 victims here and we're not going to go over all of them or whatever because we're not going to do like a six hour podcast or a 10 hour fucking <laughs> miniseries or whatever, right? But the one of them that stands out, right, is Conorak uh, Synthesomophone or whatever, right? So he he was a f- <laughs> or whatever, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah or know, whatever, right? Yeah, he's yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. So uh, in uh, May of 1991, and I have a document. This is his 13th overall kill. Dude, I just I just think like in a weird like thing of s- synchronicity, the month of May pops up a lot. Yeah. Like he was born in May. Most of his killings happen around his birthday. Maybe it was like a treat to himself. Maybe but, happy birthday yeah. to you, Dom. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, uh, he lures, you know, Conorak to his apartment, uh, same MO, you know, like I'll give you $50 if you pose, you know, for pictures, $100 for nudes or whatever, right? And then we can do whatever after and whatnot, right? 14 years old. The fucked up thing about this is, is that 13-year-old that we talked about earlier, a couple years previous, this is actually that 13-year-old's younger brother, right? Yeah. And not only that, but at this time, I'm, all the dismemberment and stuff and, you know, the drugging on the raping and all that stuff, that shit's bad or whatever. But at this time, like, it starts to increase to another level where he starts to try to not just kill these individuals, but kind of make them into his own sex zombies. So he drills holes in their head and puts acid in there. And I think he got this idea from his father because his father was talking about, I guess, like experiments that they would do on frogs. Yeah, with the brain stem and like yeah. putting like that little acid so it stays alive. Mm-hmm. And I think he thought that he was, again, it's, it's a Halloween episode, guys. He's trying to make his own zombies so that way it's presented as sex zombies, but you said it perfectly. It was more like a cuddle buddy that he didn't have to worry about because that was his whole sexual fetish was just like, he, he had complete control over an unconscious body. So that's what he was trying to do with Conorak here. Uh, he drilled a hole in his head and, you know, put the acid in, and Conorak went to sleep. He didn't die, and I guess Jeffrey wanted to go celebrate or whatever he did, so he went out to the bar and started drinking. Well, I guess Conorak wakes up, runs out of the apartment, and a couple of neighbor ladies, they're like, oh, my God, this is like a baby. Like, this, he's, it's very much, you can tell, like, this mm-hmm. is a 14-year-old or whatever, right? And he's bleeding from his anus. He's bare naked and whatnot. And Bakersfield in May, this past May, was pretty cold, right? Like, mm-hmm. there was like 60-degree days or whatever. I can only imagine what it would have been like in Milwaukee, which is like a fucking coldest shit place mm-hmm. or whatever, right? So they're, you know, trying to get him warm. And he's just like crying and not making any sense, of course, because he had a hole drilled into his brain with acid poured into it or whatever, right? They call the cops. The cops come. And by happenstance, Jeffrey comes as well and is like, oh, no, this is my hey, boyfriend. What's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, this is my boyfriend. We're just doing gay stuff. <laughs> <laughs> We're just being all gay. This is gay stuff. You don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? This is my boyfriend. We're gay. And yeah. that's exactly what happened. And the neighbor ladies are arguing with the cops, like, no, like, this is a baby. And he's like, no, this is my 19-year-old lover. Like, he drank too much. We got into a fight. Like, just let me take him home and put him to bed and give him some Campbell soup or whatever, right? And the the neighbor ladies are like, no, like, this is a child. You cannot let him go home with this guy. His apartment smells like fucking caca. Like, you can't <laughs> let this fucking happen. And he's bleeding from his butt. Like, 
something's not right here. And the cops just let Conorak go back to his house, right? I guess the, the cops actually followed Jeffrey and Conorak to the apartment. And Jeffrey's like, yo, we got, I got pictures of us together. And it's that evil genius where he knows that the cops are homophobic. So anything that he shows them, like they're going to be kind of standoffish, like, all right, all right, he's inside the house now. He's not freezing to death. Cool. Like we don't want to see no gay shit or whatever. Right. So he shows them like the, the, the naked photos of, you guys want to see pictures of us doing gay stuff? Yeah, literally. Yeah. Yeah. And the, 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 the acting in that scene to me was like, they probably nailed that to a T not because I'm, I was there or anything like that, but the fact that the police, and this is actual like recorded audio that the police, after they leave the whole thing and they're just like, let's get the fuck out of here. We just ran into these two like gay dudes Let's just get out of here. This is some 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 gay stuffs happening. Yeah, like, my, my my partner has to go before we can answer another call, an emergency call. My partner has to go fucking delouse himself, go shower himself because he just had to deal with two gay dudes and whatnot, right? Yeah, and that's like actual recorded stuff that was said on there. I thought, man, like, can you imagine like that happening in today? And those are the same dudes who were like honored as like. Policeman of the year, like down the line, like yeah, they 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 got suspended due to uh, be that being a PR issue, right? Because it later comes out that that happened and whatnot. They they I guess temporary lo- temporarily lose their job. Somehow they get their job back. They win policeman of the year and get back paid hundreds of thousands of dollars for the time that they were off. So it's just like it's so much fucked up in this all over the place. And not only that, dude. But, like, once they were in the apartment, like, looking at all the gay stuff, like, they actually peek into the bedroom where, like, the body of Tony Hughes, that deaf guy that the the show uh, shows and whatnot, he was actually laying on the floor beside the bed. But because the cops were just, like, kind of, like, doing a half-assed job of, like, investigating, like, they just, like, kind of poked their head in and it poked it right back out. But if they actually would have walked in there, they would have saw a fucking dude that had been dead for three days laying on the floor. Yeah. And so they return him back to Jeffrey Dahmer and get the hell out of there. And what does Jeffrey do, Art? Jeffrey just fucking kills him as soon as they leave Mm -hmm. and goes to town on him, basically does his whole M.O. of, like, tearing him apart, saving pieces of himself, uh, I, I believe this is the one where he kept keeps his head in the refrigerator. Um, this is just the trophy of you know uh, one of his younger victims. He was what fourteen? You fourteen said fourteen years yeah, old. Fourteen man. years old. Pretty brutal stuff at this point. Um, but Jeffrey is not done. No, <laughs> you know he. Oh, sorry, it sounded like you were. But you oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I mean I, I don't I don't have what's the next victim? I don't have an I don't have. I mean, there's order. so many after that. There's like Oliver Lacey. There's Joseph Bancroft. Uh, Matt Turner, uh, Jeremiah Weinberger. Like, it, it just keeps going on and on. And it's, I'm not going to get into all the details of it because it's literally the same story. Meets a dude, drugs him, offers him $50 to take pictures, cuts up the body, jacks off on it, you know, puts the body in acid, eats it. I mean, it's just the same thing over and over and over and over again. Now he's making sex zombies and shit or whatever, right? Uh, but then he, it all kind of kind kind of comes crumbling down in July of 1991 when he goes to a bar and he meets three individuals. Now the show kind of starts starts off with this story um, but I actually watched like the deposition of him but he meets a Tracy Edwards who was like in a group of three men. Mm-hmm. Now they 
in the show, they portrayed Tracy as a, one of the gay dudes that was hanging out there and whatnot, and he actually came home with Jeffrey, and the friends kind of got lost because Jeffrey gave them a wrong address, so he was going to single out Tracy and, you know, do gay shit. But his testimony, they asked him, like, are you a homosexual? And he was like, no. Like, he just offered me $100 to take pictures, and I was just kind of mulling over it. Uh, we were sitting, he was kind of like, you know what? You don't have to, if you don't want to like, just come and watch like the exorcist with me. Like, I'm just, I'm just really lonely and just want some companionship. So he's like, kind of like between a rock and a hard place. Like, yeah, I'll go do it. I'll, it's, it's a Tuesday night or whatever. Like, I don't got nothing to do. And then it's like, shit, if he gives me a hundred dollars, a hundred dollars is a hundred dollars, man. Like I yeah. fucking, I need the money or whatever. Like he even says like in his deposition, like I was between jobs. Like I, I needed this to pay like some bills and shit or whatever. Right. And then, like, long to kind of abbreviate a long story short, Jeffrey starts to do his whole mo, like where he's he's gonna fucking, you know, drug him. He doesn't drink the drink and whatnot. Uh, Jeffrey gets pissed off. He holds a knife to him. He puts his. I thought this was creepy as shit. He says, "Can I listen to your heart?" And this guy is like already getting creepy, creepy vibes from Jeffrey, and he's like, "Yeah, I guess." And he's like listening to his heart, and he goes, "Good, because I'm gonna eat it later." And I was like, holy shit, like, just to hear, like, the real Tracy Edwards tell that, I was like, dude, that is fucking terrifying. Yeah. So he's, like, trying to, like, calm the beast down, like, hey, I'm your friend, you don't have to do this. Jeffrey slaps, like, some uh, handcuffs on him, and he like he's, like, trying to figure out a way to get the hell out of there, and he's like, hey, you want sexy pictures? And he starts, you know, dancing all seductively or whatever, and he's like, let me go get my camera. And I think, like, it's about this time where, like, he, like, punches Jeffrey, knocks him to the floor and like runs out the apartment, runs down 25th street and like flags down a fucking police car. And I guess at first the police thought like he was just some crazy dude or somebody that actually escaped police. Cause they're like, Oh shit, are those handcuffs police issued? And so they try to get the uh, handcuffs off of him with their own key and they find it doesn't work. So they kind of believe his story about this crazy dude that's trying to murder him, go back to the apartment and, you know, Jeffrey being Jeffrey was like, oh, no, like, you know, the same thing he tells, like, you know. We're just doing gay stuff. Yeah, and he's like, no, dude, I am not gay. Like, I don't know what he thought was going to go down, but, and he tells him the whole story about the pictures and watching Exorcist 3, and then he, you know, is going to eat his heart and shit. This is when the cops, they go in. These cops should have gotten Officer of the Year because they go in. They don't listen to Jeffrey's bullshit. They don't let him finesse him with the gay, gay stuff talk and whatnot. They start looking around. And Jeffrey's like, well, I'll go get the key. And they're like, no, you stay here. We'll get the key. Where's the key at? And they're like, oh, it's in the top drawer. And so they go to the top drawer. And this is when the police, they open it up. And the police officer sees 75 Polaroids of all the fucking madness that we just talked about. You know, the dudes with their head chopped off, big old dicks like on fucking towels, fucking decomposing bodies in the bathtub. And they immediately arrest him. And Jeffrey, I think like at the at the end of it, he was just like, he says something about like I should die now for all the things that I've done, all the evil that I've caused. Yeah, I mean, we can go into a whole thing with the families and everything that they suffer through and that the Laotian family that's just that suffers and like they sue the uh the Milwaukee Police Department and only received $8,000 wow. and then the the pol- the Milwaukee Police Department started sending like threats to the family and basically saying like get get out of the country, like, get out of here. And, like, after everything that they've been through, like... Sounds like just, a slap in the face. Just just an absolute insult. Um, But, you know, 
not to not to turn this into like a political thing, but to go back to Jeffrey Dahmer and to turn this back more into a Halloween episode and create a creepy atmosphere. Um, the first time I ever heard about this was on a show called um, like The Science of Evil, and it involved a priest who baptized Jeffrey Dahmer. And it was basically the the priest who baptized. And so it's him on the the priest basically talking about you know, I baptized him. He was like he had turned to Christianity at this point. And as I was driving, there was a solar eclipse, and I was like, "Oh, this is not this is this is kind of creepy." Like I'm yeah. about to go baptize Jeffrey Dahmer. There's a, there's a solar eclipse going on, but apparently Jeffrey Dahmer had turned to Christianity once he saw that that John Wayne Gacy had. Like John Wayne Gacy had like this like weird complex where he basically felt like godlike at all times, and he was like, "I'm kind of like Jesus's equivalent kind of thing," and like I'm at peace with God because me and God are like one and the same, and like and Jeffrey Dahmer was like, "That's kind of cool that you're like so calm. I want to become a Christian. Like I want to become with one with God." That to me, I think, in my opinion, Jeffrey Dahmer was just basically doing joining like becoming a christian because he wanted to accomplish what john wayne gacy i think that what the peace of mind that john wayne gacy had with his murders like john wayne gacy showed no remorse he was like i'm cool with this like i am god like i am like this this is where i'm at and i think i think jeffrey dahmer had the kind of like a i don't know i want to say jealousy but he was like man that guy seems to sleep so well at night i want to have that like i want to do that and if i just if i'm just that you know at peace with god maybe i will have that mm. and so you it know, was weird like seeing that because he got like super like born again and whatnot because like he admits it like immediately like he waves his right to a lawyer and he, he even asked them he's like so how soon until i get like the electric care and i guess wisconsin that doesn't have the death penalty mm. so it's just life in prison again he gets convicted 16 counts of life in prison with a couple extra years added onto it, which I guess, I guess they put that in there in case like resurrection becomes a thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just to be like, hey, dude, you got to serve two more years on your fucking sentence or whatever after you got resurrected 16 times or whatever. But um, yeah, there's like 60 hour confession. Like, this is why we know all the stuff that we know because he sat there with detectives for 60 hours admitting to everything, uh, goes to jail, gets saved, and he pretty much tells everyone like yeah i'm pretty sure like i'm not gonna live the rest of my life like i'm gonna die early in prison because and it happens like a couple of times like one time like he's in the the church the chapel or whatever at the prison and someone like slashes his face with like a a razor blade that's on a toothpaste fortunately he survives because it's just you know a cosmetic wound it's just a flesh wound or whatever Mm -hmm. and then but i guess later on uh after they release him from solitary confinement uh he gets put into a work detail where like him and two other inmates are responsible for cleaning I guess like the showers and I guess the correctional officers were supposed to monitor him at all times but I guess they walked away purposely and the reason why is I guess uh, Christopher Scarver who is also in there for murder ends up taking and it, to me I thought this was like he's weird. a pretty interesting guy himself yeah <laughs> I, I didn't there's actually a, a, a video online called like the man that killed Jeffrey Dahmer and like super interesting dude super schizophrenic oh yeah but like just a really really interesting kind of guy mm-hmm. and he that's to me he's the kind of guy that like 
the reason why there should be like mental hospitals and he to me he's a dude that should be in a mental hospital and not a prison correct yeah just because he's he's I feel like he's not a violent even though obviously he murdered and he <laughs> murdered Jeffrey Dahmer in prison but like I think like he never really got medication for his schizophrenia he never really like everything violent about him was just like based on his schizophrenic mm-hmm. like tendencies and like you know yeah he's so Actually, he would probably still be in prison in today's standards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not twenty twenty two times. Maybe, maybe my child's elderly years or whatever. But um, yeah, I guess like on July or November twenty eighth, nineteen ninety four, Christopher Scarver, along with uh, a Jesse Anderson and Jeffrey Dahmer, they were supposed to be cleaning the showers. The cops walk away, and in a poetic way, it's weird that Jeffrey would die this way. Uh, Christopher Scarver gets a 20-inch dumbbell bar and bashes Jeffrey Dahmer's head in with it from behind, just like he did with his first, like Jeffrey did to his first victim, right? And then also kills, you know, Jesse Anderson as well. Quietly goes back to his cell and told him that God did it because of what he did to black people and children. Yeah, no, and he did do all that research, so I don't know if it was poetic or he knew he he knew exactly what he was doing. Um, He apparently thought that the families were talking to him telling him like you have to do this like this is like part of the plan like you have to do this and kills Jeffrey Dahmer I don't know pretty interesting dude by himself that guy that kills Jeffrey Dahmer um doesn't deserve his own episode but still yeah yeah I mean there's a lot Wikipedia yeah Wikipedia him he's like a 30 minute chat where he's like (laughs) that's kind of cool but yeah I mean a lot of weird stuff happening around around that time I kind of glanced over it but you know the day that Jeffrey Dahmer baptizes himself and, and joins the Fellowship of Christ or whatever. That's the same day that John Wayne Gacy's being executed, you know, not that far away. Um, and then there's a solar eclipse solar happening, eclipse at, the same happening time. at the exact same time. If that ain't some end of the world shit, I don't know what is. Yeah, dude. Pretty pretty wild stuff. It's actually the same day I was born. Shut up. No, no way. Kidding, dude. That was like in the <laughs> 90s, dude. <laughs> but, um, but um, yeah, no, it's it's pretty wild shit when that when that happened a lot of like you know those two serial killers and like it's kind of like in a weird way like those two guys were kind of like the the death of like that That 70s wave of serial killers and all that stuff because you know you fast forward to the 90s it's a little more cultish yeah the 90s were all about the cults and then like everything in the 2000s has been more like terrorism and school shooters and Mm -hmm. like you know like you know school shooters, mass shootings and that whole thing has taken over, but it's it's super disgusting. Like this is you know, what a way to kick off the Oktoberfest Halloween stuff. Like I like I told you last week when we were coming up with talk topics, I don't think there's anything scarier than Jeffrey Dahmer, man. Yeah. Can no. you imagine like some hot ass like Jessica Rabbit looking girl like luring you to her place like, Hey baby, I'm gonna give you i I'm gonna give you fifty dollars to take naked pictures with her. I'm like, dude, yeah, where do you want my dick at? Like, it's yeah. like, and then like fucking getting drugged and dismembered and your bones crushed and thrown over the bluffs. Like, dude, like that's such a fucking fucked up way to go. And he did it to 17 people that we know of. Yeah. Well, he admitted to a bunch of them. He, he was not shy about like trying to remember all the murders and like rapes that he did. Like he, he was trying to, trying to like find peace of mind, I think at the end. Mm-hmm. I think he knew like something's wrong with me. Like I'm sick. 
and I don't know how to find peace of mind. Well, and, even in his last statement to the court, he's like, I ask for no sympathy. You know, if I can lay my life on the line down for to bring those other people back for the families, I would kind of thing. And maybe it's just all him, like, you know, playing, you know, games or whatever, or trying to save face or whatever. Maybe he did mean it. Maybe he did or whatever. But like you get like you mentioned with John Wayne Gacy, like he was very much like, yeah, I am that motherfucker or whatever, right? Yeah, oh yeah, I I, but I like, don't think he ever like felt any remorse. But Jeffrey Dahmer was just like, I don't know why I'm the way I am. This is just the way I am. I don't like it or whatever. But if you guys would have caught me six months later, like all these body parts I was collecting, like I was making like this this altar to myself where I was gonna have this skull here, this skeleton right here, and like the flesh right here, and like these penises right here. And, you know, this is where I was going to come to, like, you know, get sexual gratification and draw power and meditate at or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, it was his Zen garden that he was creating or whatever, right? And, like, he wasn't doing it to be, like, a hot topic goth kid or whatever. Like, he was just doing it because it's just like, hey, like, this is, I guess, is how, like, I'm going to find my peace or whatever, right? Like, I don't love it, but I don't hate it either kind of thing. It was yeah. just like. I think, I think the Jeffrey Dahmer thing, it was, like, such an addiction. Like, I think when people have addictions, they, uh. A lot they know that what they're doing is wrong, but they just can't stop it. Correct. Like it at that point, it's just it's spiraled out of control. You have no control anymore. You're going into it like head on, and it and you can see it destroying the things around you and pushing your grandma who, who, for the most part, he he's he had emotions. They weren't like the sharpest emotions, but there were some emotions still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, attachments to his dad, attachments to his grandma, but. You know, he just saw it all spiraling out of control and, and couldn't do anything about it. And I do think, and this is my personal opinion, he saw what John Wayne Gacy, like the confidence and like was like, wow, he has so much peace in him. I want to achieve that. And like, I don't want to say he just joined Christianity for like the shits and giggles, but I think he kind of just did it to like, I want some peace. I, I want this. I want to get this over with. Yeah. But, I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe yeah, I mean, meant, I don't know his heart, but maybe, maybe meant to, maybe he didn't. Maybe he was searching for some. I don't know. You know, who knows what people do shit. But I mean, either way, my God, dude! Like, I'm so glad to be done with the research. Yeah, this was this. a this was a really tough episode because even as we were recording this, I was like, oh my God, dude! Mm. I I can't even it. I can't even. I don't think I'm gonna finish the uh, the show just because it's like so fucking brutal. Yeah, it becomes like a homework assignment sometimes where it's just like, oh my god, dude, they should have released it like one episode a a week or something like that, that. That is the one thing about Netflix. I wish they would change. I wish it was like HBO where it's just like week by week or whatever. Like you need to cleanse the palate. Oh you know? yeah, it yeah. makes you enjoy it. Like every episode means something. I can only see Damon Targaryen try to bone his, his niece so many yeah. times. You know, oh, I just spoiled <laughs> it, dude. I'm like five episodes behind on that thing. Oh, you're fine, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Art, you got? I doubt you do, but do you got anything else? You no, want to I'll tell your mommy you boo with two. Elizabeth Jack, Elizabeth Jackman, Elizabeth Warren. That's it. Yeah, so with all of that said, guys, if you have anything else you want to talk to us about, you know, with Jeffrey Dahmer or serial serial killers in general, guys, uh, get us on the social medias at Art and Jacob Do America. Except for Twitter, we are at Art and Jacob Do A1. God damn it, I don't want to say it this time, dude, because it just sounds like fucking. That's the way a steak sauce should be cooked, or whatever you say. That's just that's how the a way a baby back ribs. From a real baby should be cooked. No, I don't want to do it this way, yeah. man. Yes, yeah, sorry, dude. I don't know if Jeffrey Dahmer used day one or not, but sometimes, but sometimes, just sometimes, that's how a steak. You is know what? Done. I don't know why it took me this long in the episode to realize, but um, somebody told me that there was an Art Jacob do America Mandela effect, where like Jacob used to have a man bun, 
And I'm like, that never happened. That had never happened. And people will swear to God that Jacob beats that with man bun. I don't think my hair's ever been long enough. Yeah, hey, I was like, I'm pretty sure that never happened. Yeah, I've always, I've had that longest my hair has ever been is like when I was like a wannabe cholo and I used to slick my hair back. Yeah. But even then, it was only like, dude, my hair can only be like four finger lengths, like thick, dude. Like you had a rat tail. <laughs> no, but I wanted one back in 1990. Yeah, back when Jeffrey Dahmer was still kicking, I did want that. That was cool, like in 1990. But. Anyways, guys, if you want to help support this podcast, guys, in any other way, guys, I highly recommend heading on over to patreon.com slash America, where every single week we put together a bonus episode for your listening pleasure. And nine times out of ten, those episodes are better than the actual episode that you're hearing today for free. As good as this episode was, dude, I think the Patreon was even that much better, where we actually talk even more about Jeffrey Domino. Yeah, yeah, we, we chit-chat about him. Yeah, so head on over there if you want to hear that episode. I think we're up to... 119 Patreon episodes. So, uh, if you want to, it's it's like a it's like a hidden podcast unto itself, right? So, one dollar a month will get you access to that catalog, right? So you can donate one dollar, donate five dollars, donate ten, however much you want. But you get a you get a bonus episode every single week. If you love these episodes, you'll absolutely adore and want to sexually gratify yourself with those episodes. So head on over there. If you want to support this podcast in any other way, guys, I highly recommend heading on over to the website at orangejacobdoamerica.com. Follow the merch links. Buy yourself a t-shirt. Uh, it's not so much to help us monetarily as those funds. We get maybe like 15 cents, 20 cents out of every fucking sale we do over there. But it's more or less to help promote the podcast. If you're over at the Kern County Fair <laughs> yeah. during this time frame and whatnot, and you want to see like some skonkas, you know, that <laughs> some skonkas? Yeah, they're, What's that? they're sluts. They're Spanish oh. sluts, sir. Uh, and you want you want to tell them about a good podcast? <laughs> Uh, Tell those skulkas about the Iron Jacob Do America podcast with your official Iron Jacob Do America t-shirt or head to, you know, the bathhouse, you know, on Union Avenue where your Iron Jacob Do America podcast t-shirt th- This episode there. is not going to age well. No, it's not. I don't give a shit. I'm tired, though, bro. I'm fucking hungry <laughs> and tired. That fucking big Carl from Carl Jr. is not doing his job, dude. Anyways, <laughs> go there. If you want to hear any uh, some other great podcasts, guys, I highly recommend heading on over to podbelly.com. Check out our boys over at the self King Podcast as well as Hillbilly Horror Stories and Robots Rise. I'm sure they fucking cover this topic too, but just with British voices and shit. So with that said, guys, Art, anything else, my guy? That's it. Take my movie with you. Yeah, I love those skunkers, baby. So good night. Skunkers.com. <laughs> skunkers.com. <laughs> so goodbye and good night. I didn't ever want freedom. Frankly, I wanted death for myself. This was a case to tell the world that I did what I did not for reasons of hate. I hated no one. I knew I was sick or evil or both. Now I believe I was sick. Though he accepted the blame for his barbaric crimes, cannibalizing, even crudely lobotomizing some of his victims, Dahmer nonetheless asked for forgiveness. I should have stayed with God. I tried and failed and created a holocaust. And if I could give my life right now to bring their loved ones back, I would do it. I am so very sorry. I deserve whatever I get because of what I have done. Oompa Loompa Toompa Jeffrey's stirring up some chocolate for you. Oompa Loompa Toompa He worked at the Ambrosia Chocolate Factory. What would you bet Jeffrey Gettle down meat? A bunch of the fellows eat meat If Jeff was a cat and men were the rats What do you think will come of that?